0: and welcome everyone to the MailBuoy podcast. Oh no, I hit a wall and woke up and it was 2005. And I'm just a travel agent.
1: Wow. <laughs> that was reaching there. Wow. Well, but but you know, you did that and you, you you cracked that joke and your hair's not standing up. There's not this weird smell <laughs> of singed Fernando.
0: <laughs> no, there is not. <laughs> I was either going to go with a flashback to the old podcast or I was going to go with some reference to Back to the Future that Fernando hit 88 miles per hour and launched himself back to 1995.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is McLaren already did the whole Back to the Future thing. <laughs> yes. That was one of their, their lead-up videos with him and Jens. It was actually kind of cute, their video it with really the and cute. It really was
0: cute. I make fun, but we have a small, slight, clear-as-mud update on Fernando Alonso.
1: We'll, we'll get to that in, in, in a second.
0: That's what we start – we agreed we were starting with Fernando. We
1: are, but there's other stuff that we need to talk about because here we are.
0: That's not starting. Okay.
1: Because here we are, days away from two big events.
0: Daylight savings time and the possible thaw of the northeast Ohio area?
1: No. One of which is is actually – Part of the reason for existence here, we are just days away We're from like the start a week of the season. Away. Well, there's, that's days. We're actually six days as we speak right now. And we are also days away from Apple's next product launch. I,
0: well, we are much closer to Apple's
1: next product that's launch. That's still days. Than we are it is still season. days.
0: Monday the 9th is Apple's next product launch. Actually, I happened to look it up the other day because I was like, when is this watch coming out?
1: Well, the the launch is Monday. However, it's not expected to ship until April. Right. So,
0: But I heard a vicious rumor that the last time Tim Cook was in Germany, he said that the Apple Watch would not be exclusively in the U.S. And so our friends and neighbors outside the U.S. might be enjoying the watch on line, on uh, ship date.
1: No, they're they're saying I think it's like five or six countries are supposed to launch on uh, the first day. So, or or the first day it's available, it's it's going to be in six countries, not just in the U.S. Right. So, yeah, I had to throw that out there because we do every so often talk about it. we have proje- we have things going in the tech la- in the test lab as we speak.
0: Yes, we do.
1: We ha- we have – still going. It will probably never come out of the Tesla, but we have the Ecobee thermostat, which we've talked about uh, on the blog. Mm-hmm. We've got the Wink Home Automation System, which we're waiting on more components to come in eventually.
0: Thank you, Corky.
1: And now we have uh, an Arduino set. Yes. So in in dead weeks between races, we'll be talking about these things, I'm these, sure. These are the <laughs> tech things that you'll be talking about? Yeah.
0: Alrighty, can we can we go back to what I alluded to at the top of the show?
1: You you mean the the fried Spaniard?
0: Yes, <laughs> the fried Spaniard. That sounds like it should be like a special on the local diner's well, menu. Well, you, you know
1: the reason why he's not uh, driving next week in uh, in Australia is because they didn't want refried Spaniard. Oh.
0: Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Okay, so, here's the thing. The is he or was he or was he not concussed is fallen by the wayside of the debate of all things Alonzo right now. In favor of the he forgot he drove Formula One memory loss, combined with the his doctors are saying that he should not drive in Melbourne. and But the team has put him through extensive tests and see no reason why he should uh, not be behind the wheel of a car, but he's listening to his set of doctors.
1: Well, you know, the big fear is the whole second concussion syndrome, that if you haven't fully recovered from the first concussion and you have a second one, really bad things happen as opposed to just bad things happening.
0: Right. Right. So <laughs> I was reading an article about this whole situation and it summed up, and this was the clearing up the Alonzo situation. It summed it up with a small part of me felt a little sorry for Ron Dennis, the McLaren chairman. There he was doing his best to try and quash some of the ludicrous speculation around uh, Fernando Alonso's testing accident and clear things up once and for all. Sadly, most of the press left. More confused than they started. (laughs) We were initially told Alonzo had been concussed. Now the opposite was true. Dennis said he foresaw no reason why Alonzo would not be in Melbourne, but then added that it was in the hands of doctors who said the Spaniards' recovery time was unquantifiable. Claire is mud.
1: (laughs) But again, that's most of what Ron Dennis says. (laughs) Which, Uh it's, it's amazing that a guy who is that skilled in random blather and pointless nowhereisms can ruin a major company.
0: I know. <laughs> How does he like give people their marching orders? Well
1: somebody like that should be in politics. Serious. He missed his <laughs> calling.
0: All right. So um again as as always we do wish Fernando well and a speedy recovery and that he fully recover from his concussion so he can join us in Malaysia.
1: However, I hear Kevin Magnuson says, take your time, man. As, as, as much as you need. I, I'm here for you. I got your back. It, it's cool. I, you know, I, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that the car is ready for you when you come back and spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard
0: that Kevin Magnuson was reported saying it felt like he never left the primary driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, there are some Formula One um, beyond the teams, like the big organization of Formula One. There's a few things of interest that are kind of cool, I guess.: Well, and then nefarious.:
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd go so far as to say cool, but I, I just I love the the story and the idea behind it. What happened um, at the last day of the final test? Um, I guess word has been passed to the teams that there is the possibility that the number of paddock passes that they're going to have available to them to give to whoever they want to give them to is going to be cut back. And the reality is us as fans, we will probably never get one of these passes. They're not meant for us. However, Ferrari team principal Maurizio (coughs) Arrivabene
0: Isn't it a name that just sounds awesome to say? Arriva bene.
1: When you can get it out. <laughs>
0: well, for me, it sounds awesome. It feels good on the tongue.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, he... Um because Ferrari is known for giving these pit passes out to you know, the officers in the various Ferrari clubs and their owners because they spend god-awful sums of money on their cars and what have you. Um, he's a little upset that they're not going to have as many passes. So to make a point as a form of protest, uh, he went with Esteban Gutierrez and – two other folks, for, and spent several hours of the last test watching the test from the stands. Yep. All to make a point and to say, hey, we we need to have this engagement. Granted, these passes aren't for the fans, but okay. The fact that he was willing to pick up and plop his butt in the stands and say that there needs to be more access – I like that. I agree with that. I think it was a bold move from that part.
0: Well, he even described it as a provocation to Bernie Eccleston. So you have to give him credit for the balls to try to take on the, the, the big wig. I, I don't know or if or I'd s-
1: say balls. I mean it was it, it was a public statement and a public thing. A and stunt. And, and Bernie being Bernie probably looked at it and it was yeah, whatever.
0: Did you happen to see Esteban's tweet – No. Hang on. It's a visual. I shall share it with you. But it's a photo of the... Somebody took a photo (laughs) of the four of them sitting in the stands. And he tweeted, different perspective, great time with the... with the fans, I thought that was really cool. I also was very interested that the photo did not have fans like swarming them. They let them be,
1: and that's one of the things that uh, Maurizio said after this whole thing is that the the fans, while they were very knowledgeable and it was very you know, and they did engage with them, they were all very respectful. They asked to, before taking pictures and stuff. They were very polite in approaching them because it it wasn't just that he was that, that the four of them were just sitting there just. Dressed like everybody else, they were wearing the team gear, well, they
0: including the and in, the headset, including on. the
1: headset, so they stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, but you know, there, there's been some folks who have said that, well, this is a really stupid thing to do because the the car's down on power and it's not competitive, and he should have been down there rallying the engineers. So I ask you this, <laughs> Maurizio Arriva bene who's Entire background is marketing, marketing with a tobacco company. The tobacco company that is still, even though not in name, still Ferrari's biggest sponsor. That is his whole world of expertise. Exactly what is he going to be doing down in the garage to make them engineer this car better? Turn that wrench faster? (laughs) Well… I mean, seriously.
0: I, I don't know if it's a matter of direct hands-on leadership that that the argument could be made for. I mean, there is something to be said for having all hands on deck, even those that are not knowledgeable hands. But it's the encouragement. It's the – this is so important that the big wig is down here watching over it. However, however – Having been the peon in that situation with the big wig that's pitching in and, and giving a helping Quit hand. Quit frigging
1: micromanaging me.
0: Take a giant step back. You do your job. Let me do my job and mm-hmm. all will work out better. And for him to turn around and go, you know, you guys got this and I'm going to take these people and we're going to do a marketing thing that I know is going to be beneficial to everybody. So I'm going to pull this great marketing stunt. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great marketing Absolutely. Stunt. And I'm going to give you guys the confidence that I know you got it. You guys figure out how to turn up the engines because you are the resident experts in it. And that, from a leadership standpoint, is much more powerful than st- him standing there cross-armed in the paddock going, why is this not going faster? Put another gerbil in the well, engine.
1: Well, that, that's it. You know, His level of, of engineering expertise and guidance that he's going to give them is they're faster. You go faster. I mean, th- th- what else is he going to do? His whole job
0: drive as fat, flat out as you can. There's the answer. Yeah,
1: his his whole reason for being on this team at this point is only marketing. He signs the checks. He makes sure people are doing their job, and he makes sure the team is portrayed in a good light. What what other thing does he have to do?
0: Well, he has to look good in Ferrari red. Right? Apparently. All right, speaking of other things that people have to do, for every good act and great marketing stunt, there is Bernie Eccleston of Bad Hair Bernie's. (laughs) Um, Apparently, our favorite head of the League of Super Evil, um, Bernie Eccleston, has decided that it would be in his best interest to advance, not Support, not give, not advance money to three of the teams, Force India, Lotus and Sauber. Of course, I see Manor Marusha notably missing from this list based on fears that there could be as few as 12 cars on the field. Yep. So basically what he did was he went to the teams and told them that they could take an advance. Um, and he would he could basically advance them some money so they could ship the cars around. Because here's the thing. One of the changes that he made in the system was that it used to be that they could pay for the shipping and everything 30 days after the occurrence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it is 30 days prior. So it is a net 60-day swing in cash flow.
1: Yeah. Well, and one,
0: seriously, cash flow is a huge problem.
1: For, Force India was one of the big pushes behind us from what I heard. And I did see, and it's not in our list of notes here, some confirmation. And, and we suspected that this was the case, that the whole reason that Pascal Wereland, uh drove the first two days of the second test for Force India, or was at least scheduled to, was because Mercedes paid them. Mercedes paid Force India specifically to get Force India there.
0: Right. Because they wanted the the they, from their engine. Yes.
1: So in exchange for that and, and so that they couldn't just say, well, we're giving you money to show up at a, t- at a test, it was you're going to drive our driver. So, But that was a confirmation that uh, exactly what we thought was going on. The team is in trouble. And they're not the only one that's in trouble. No. Um, and it doesn't help when you have things like – Guido Vandegaarder. Uh,
0: Vandegaard. Not garter. I've
1: heard it both.
0: There's no R on the end of it. It's Vandegaard. He's Dutch. He's Dutch. It doesn't make it. You know, you it's don't like add he, letters just because he wears wooden uh, shoes. I'm not
1: adding letters. It's you are there's changing no sounds. Are. I mean, look at look at a Chinese name. There are sounds there that are not in the English language.
0: Okay, but they have a different alphabet than we do. The Dutch do not. <laughs> Anyway. There is nothing that says that when a word ends in E, you add an R to it except in Alabama.
1: (gasps) Okay. Anyway, Anyway, Guido.
0: Guido is suing Sauber. Yeah,
1: he's uh, claiming that he had a a commitment from Sauber back in the fall to drive the car this year. Sauber, of course, didn't name him as a driver this year.
0: No, they didn't. However, his legal action was upheld in a Swiss court. So now they have to take it. They are actually taking this legal battle to
1: Australian Australia.
0: Course. So they could legally force Sauber to put him in the car, which is very interesting. However, did you know this? That, um, what's her face? Uh, Kettleman. Monisha,
1: Monisha Kaltenborn?
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what her pre- previous, uh a lot in life was no she was a lawyer makes sense (laughs) she says there's no problem (laughs) that there's no legal issue here
1: and you know i would believe that if it wasn't for the fact that there was the arbitration that went against them but here's the issue though they can't go i mean there are two drivers right now are um erickson and nasser yes Felipe Nasser's money is coming from Banco de Brazil, a major, major sponsor on the car. Right. And I'm assuming that Ericsson's sponsors are also major, major sponsors on the car. Right. If one of these guys don't get a seat, these sponsors are going to be really, really ticked off.
0: Well, true. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that those seat within Sauber went to the highest bidder. They need Mm -hmm. money.
1: Absolutely. So if they've got to go and vacate the seat, what are these financial penalties going to look like for the, their driver not getting a ride? And even if Guido gets the ride, then what? So he, if he possibly makes it all the way through the season, next season who's going to want to touch him?
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean you've now – now we have – Paid drivers, mm-hmm. paying drivers,
1: and lawsuit drivers. And
0: lawsuit drivers. <laughs> you know, by 2020, I'm going to have a ride in Formula One.
1: Oh, God, help us all. Con- considering the way you drive, <laughs> nobody will come to the races.
0: Oh, it will be so much fun.
1: For who? The birds? <laughs>
0: I'm not that bad. (laughs) Wait a minute. Of the two of us, who's had more speeding tickets? I was going to
1: say it's not a matter of whether or not you're a good or bad driver. It's the fact that you drive slower than some grandmothers.
0: And and between the two of us, who's had more speeding tickets?
1: And your point?
0: (laughs) Then how exactly do I drive slower than most grandmothers?
1: Exactly that. Just because you don't have any speeding tickets doesn't mean that you drive decently. And you actually do have speeding tickets. I was going to say, I
0: have more speeding tickets than you do.
1: Yeah, and you drive slow.
0: How That that, that does not compute.
1: Trust me. You, and I've
0: gotten out of more speeding tickets no, than you have. Nobody
1: wants to be stuck behind you on the freeway anymore. Anyway.
0: <laughs> well, see, that's the way I will win Formula One. No one will want to be stuck behind me. They will all hate it. The interviews will be Fantastic.
1: Yeah, you're going to get nothing but blue flags, and you're going to end up hearing this. Okay, so Fernando is faster than you. Can you confirm you understood that message?
0: By the time I make it to Formula One, Fernando will be 80. (laughs) He'd be out there with his walker. Well, it depends whether or not it's twenty years ago. Or he, not. He's going to be out.
1: He's going to be out there with his walker faster than you. Okay. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> All right. So I think we have to get to the the big news and big fun stuff of our our show. Are you ready?
1: We're, we're talking about the coming season, or are you yes. going? Okay. Well, you know, the hope is, and I think this has become kind of the motto of what we want the show and the season to be. Fast. Woo-hoo! Furious. Heart-stopping. Heartbreaking. This is Formula One.
0: That kind of stirs me down deep in the deep parts of me.
1: Well, it, it was that and, and they, had, BBC had just changed their whole intro to a very, very powerful intro.
0: Oh, it was. It, it was still good, is. It is a good intro.
1: But that, I think that sums up what we are looking for from a Formula One season right
0: there. Exactly. All right. Show's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for Melbourne now. Well. Okay. So while Michael is apparently getting prepared. Yeah. Um, can I okay. just start with just a wee bit of testing? Go for it. Summary stuff. So here is the summary of all testing. Mercedes is fast. Ferrari made leaps ahead. Red Bull not so much. McLaren will show up sometime halfway through the season.
1: Well, not only is Mercedes fast. Mercedes is 1.2 seconds a lap faster than anybody else. I mean, now, but
0: think about what that is magnitude time multiplied over the number of laps of a race well just
1: wait a sec because 1.2 seconds mercedes ran the soft tire was the softest tire they ran throughout testing everybody else did extensive testing on the super soft tire the faster tire Oh, and mercedes is still expected to be at least 1.2 seconds a lap faster than anybody else
0: okay So, to give you an idea of how much McLaren is regretting this deal with Honda, let me just explain. Let me give you a picture. It's a picture this moment. During testing, Eric Boullier could be seen driving around the track in a Mercedes. Not a Honda. He wants his engine back. (laughs) (laughs) And in case you were curious, Christian Horner, the bearded leader of... Red Bull. Red Bull could be seen shuttling around the track in a scooter.
1: Was it a Renault scooter?
0: I, I don't know. It doesn't know say Renault in, my, in my story, but they did point out that the Honda Civic was not in sight mm. for the uh, the McLaren team.
1: Well, see, I would assume that if somebody from McLaren was going to be running around in a high-dollar-value Honda – it would be something along the lines of what is it, it it's not Le- Lexus isn't their uh their high value brand isn't it Acura. Lex- Acura they'd be running around in an Acura
0: possibly but he chose Mercedes i think he wants his engine back
1: the the new what NSX
0: so in other brand swapping stories okay Apparently, there's some rumors of Audi's possible entrance into Formula One.
1: There are a lot of rumors, and there's a lot of butts that go along with it.
0: So can you imagine what Toto Wolff's reaction was when he was – when a mischievous journalist pointed out that the team's hospitality unit was stocking San Pellegrino water with a big black Ducati label on it? Ducati is part of the Audi group. Yeah. Um, apparently, somebody was sent out to the supermarket to replace the water supply. <laughs> nice. These, I have to tell you, are my favorite preseason stories. <laughs> they matter zilch towards the season. Nobody cares what water is being served in Mercedes' hospitality suite. But the fact that somebody wrote a story about it makes me so excited. <laughs> Okay. I have one more. Go for it. Hey, did you know that uh, Carmen Jorda was just named, uh, what, the reserve driver? It's a spin of the week for Lotus.
1: Oh, this is the the blonde?
0: Yes. So the Lotus CEO, Matthew Carter, put out that Carmen will bring a fresh perspective to the team. She is a unique addition to the team and will be looking forward to her helping progress progress her goals as well as receiving the benefit of her insights and contributions
1: my question is with she it, we, has
0: no points in gp3
1: her highest finish was, was like ninth, seventeenth. that's what it was
0: <laughs> you can hardly oh, it was over, say it was, she deserves this it
1: was in the championship she was like ninth yeah yeah i i don't quite understand what <laughs> yeah, the this logic was, not was based in on that. merit yeah
0: okay so moving on now, have you, has your document opened? My, my and-
1: document is up. So I've, I've got – here are our predictions here. So my, my first question I have for you. They're all questions.
0: All right. I like question and answer time.
1: Who do you think will win the Drivers' Championship this year, Lewis or Nico? Because really, nobody else is, is part of this.
0: Um, I believe it will be Lewis. Um, I believe firmly that it will be Lewis for a couple of reasons. One – Because I think he has outdriven Nico for years. And unless Nico suddenly decided to discover how to beat Lewis, I think that we have a match of emotional driver to technical driver. And emotion tends to win because it takes bigger risks. Um, He does, yeah. And I, I have to disagree with what I heard from Alan McNish about... The idea that once you have you get married and have a baby, that it doesn't change a Formula One driver, that you still have to drive all out. And I don't think we're going to see a loss in Nico, but I think that he may take things more conservative. You know, I think, honestly, that um, the wreck last year, will play, uh, Jules Bianchi's wreck, will play in his head as being, will he be there for his son? You know, will that be part and parcel of the... The inner monologue that goes through Nico's world. In addition, I mean, literally, while we are recording, this is how timely I am with getting information. Okay. Um, Lewis has come out. Well, I mean, I don't think this is going to be shocking news for anybody, but Lewis has a bleakly discouraging message for the 19 other Formula One drivers. He's going to win it this year. He has spent his winter break focusing on winning. And despite not being in a relationship with Nicole, he is in it there. That is his goal. And I think he is stronger, better, faster, awesomer.
1: I wouldn't be heartbroken if Lewis won at all. I think Nico's going to have a bit more fire this year.
0: I think he, I think it will be a great... I think it will be a great battle between the two of them. I think we're going to see a battle redux um, on that level. But I think when all is said and done, um, I think it's going to be Lewis on top again. I really do.
1: I go back and forth. I think it's going to be really tight. Right now, I'm thinking it's going to be Nico. But I think it's going to be really tight. And this is going to be another one of those down-to-the-wire ones between the two of them. I think it's going to be really, really close. So, okay. So there's that one. I'm not even going to bother with who's going to win the constructors because, seriously, you're a fool if you don't think it's going to be Mercedes.
0: Cater, right? (laughs) No, Mercedes for the win.
1: And then, of course, you know, the question becomes, with Mercedes looking this dominant, how do you beat them? And, you know, some advice that Nico got last year from his engineer, I think, in the, in the final race? In the final race Abu Dhabi, I think it sums it up perfectly. Well, what the hell does that mean I, What do I need to do on pace? Just drive flat out. That's all you can do, Nico. Because that's all it is. <laughs> you, you, you have no chance of doing any other trickery whatsoever. You've just got to drive as fast as you can. It's the only way well, when you're looking at 1.2 seconds.
0: Wait. Drive flat out. Pray they have... Uh, reliability issues
1: it doesn't look like that's going to be a big deal this year
0: i understand that
1: those are your two hopes but and and i don't know if you caught this one mercedes and lotus both came out and said that for all 12 days of testing they used one engine
0: yeah i caught that
1: mercedes who in the first test did something like Four times as many laps as anybody else.
0: When all was said and done, they did, I think, 1,320 laps.
1: That's insane.
0: The next team down from them, which I think I want to say it was Sauber, actually, was like 1,200 laps. You get down to, oh, I'm just, you know, picking one at random, Red Bull, 320 laps.
1: Well, it is more than they did last year.
0: I think they did four last year, so yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and unlike last year, the car didn't catch on fire. So, hey, you know, we're, <laughs> they've got progress. They developed the engine. It did not catch fire in testing. It's a good thing.
0: It is a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. But remember, last year, our world champion drove a car that caught on fire.
1: It did. So, <laughs> so there you go. It,
0: it, it may be a sign of good luck. Okay. So what's your next question?
1: So... Since we know Mercedes is going to be the first, who is going to be the best of the rest? Who will be second in constructors? Because that is looking like a really tight race.
0: I'm going out on a limb here. Okay. And I think that half of this is wishful thinking, um, but I want it to be Williams. Um, Here's my thought process. I'll let you – I'll pull back the curtain and let you – Williams is driving a Mercedes engine,
1: mm-hmm. already
0: notably the fastest engine on the track. Williams has made incredible strides in the last two years of putting that car in the right space and the right time. I have to tell you that the combination of Massa and Bo- um, Valerie Botas Valtteri. Valtteri are incredible. <clears throat> that young driver is phenomenal to watch. Yeah. Um, and – He's got – I mean, he's got a cool head on his shoulders for being so young and so new to Formula One. And with the experience and the the expertise that Masa brings to balance that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, what combination you got. You got young upstart with age and experience and been there, done that. I think that's a just – It's. I think it's magic waiting to happen to get second place. And I really am concerned that while I believe Ferrari has turned up the engine and made it better, and I think that the combination of Vettel in a Ferrari is probably going to work as a better combination than what was going on with Alonso and Ferrari, I I think two things are happening. I think Kimmy's at a point where he's dialing it in, and I think that Ferrari's not turned up enough. And you need two drivers to get that far in the constructors.
1: OK. Yeah, I think Williams also. I think um, between the quality that they've got in Valtteri, um, you know, Massa, he has his moments. He, he is a good driver, but he's not consistently a good driver.
0: See, I think but his I think... best talents are behind the scenes. I think he knows how to set the car up. Yeah. And if they'll listen to him to do that and then let <laughs> Botas drive it, I think that that's that's when they start really winning.
1: But one of the things that um, has been mentioned was last year, the reason why they didn't win in Austria was because they went with a conservative strategy. They didn't think they had a chance to win until it was too late. Mm-hmm. And they've talked that several times last year, they walked into the race with a very conservative strategy. And it cost them points. It cost them position. They are. Not, they've said outright they are not going to play it. As conservative as they did last year. They are. They intend on going into this much more aggressive. The car has been performing well. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as fast, but it, it has been right up there, at nipping at the heels. Well, as close as you can be to nipping at the heels at those Mercedes. I think it's going to be the Williams. Um,
0: and I honestly think that Claire has had taste of success. I mean, they never thought they'd have third last year. Yeah. And I think that she's, she's tasted it, and I think that she's pushing harder.
1: Okay, so next question. I'm here for you. Who do you think will be higher in the Constructors' Championships, Red Bull or Ferrari? Ouch. That I, one's I, tough. I know. I, I, was work, I was trying to really get you to think.
0: All right. So honestly, I think that it's going to be Red Bull higher than Ferrari. My thought process, again, is in regards to I think Red Bull always pulls out a surprise honest i i don't think that they test well i think that they hold something back um i can't imagine and and i guess part of it is that i can't imagine red bull dropping three places in one year i mean because if you think about it if i have laid out that mercedes is going to win and williams will be number two red bull was two last year so i'm saying now that red bull will be three dropping only a single place because if ferrari comes ahead of red bull that's dropping three total places since, and I think that that's ridiculous.
1: Well, I think it's going to be Ferrari for a couple of reasons. You know, the thing with Red Bull that I think you're forgetting, actually, there's a couple of things I think you're forgetting with Red Bull. First of all, a good piece of Red Bull's not so secret sauce is distracted this year. Admittedly, well, what they're saying, is Adrian Newey, mm-hmm. their designer and the mastermind behind their winning cars, he is said to be splitting his time between Formula One and sailboat racing. Okay. Designing sailboats. Mm-hmm. So he is not 100% focused on this car. A portion of the design work, they're relying on the second stringers on the team. Now, I admit that, you know, you got to give these other folks a chance. Otherwise, nobody else has any experience. And and that's important to breed this. But without Adrian Newey overseeing the overall design and being fully involved, I think aerodynamically, they're going to have a weaker car than they normally do. That's number one. Number two is as much as Vettel didn't drive as well for them last year. They still don't have Sebastian Vettel. Daniel Ricardo did an excellent job last year of carrying the team. I expect he will do a fantastic job this year carrying the team. I don't expect greatness from Danny Kvyat.
0: That's funny because I read an article about how he is the surprise of the field right now. Yeah. I... And you know something? I didn't expect a whole lot out of Ricardo when he moved from Toro Rosso up to the big boys.
1: Nobody and did.
0: He blew us away, and so you got to give him, you know. Let's let's be hopeful for the boy.
1: Okay. Well, that brings me to my next question. Then. Okay. Who do you think will score more points, Vettel or Kvyat?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should mention to the people playing the home version of this game, he did not prep me with any of these questions beforehand. That was he's, deliberate. He's had a chance to think about all of these questions for however long it took him to write them. I don't
1: have a good answer for this one.
0: Um, I think Vettel. I got to go Vettel.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking Vettel also. Again, because I go back to – I don't think Viat was – the right
0: choice. Well, I'm not sure about right or wrong. I won't, because there are there's whole pieces of information I don't have privileged information to. True, and there's a reason they picked Caveat um, over the Frenchman. Yep. And
1: you, you won't even name John Eric vernon anymore. No, I, I can't. I He's can't. dead to you. He's dead to me. W- once he got in that Formula E car, that was it. You're done. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> My
0: love affair with him is gone.
1: The FIA doesn't count Formula E for a super license, and damn it, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I use the same standards as the FIA. Um, anyway,
0: anyway, moving on. There has to be a reason why they picked the first-year driver over the one that's been in the car for the longest time. I mean, theoretically, it should have been the Frenchman's to lose. And he lost it for some reason. Well, you know, Kvyat
1: does did have some experience with Formula One. Getting into um, or um, oh no, I'm sorry, that was Verstappen. I was thinking of.
0: Yeah, Verstappen has got. A, a yeah,
1: he, he's the one who had the experience. He, he wrecked a Red Bull car already. But uh, right. <laughs> which,
0: which, by the way, he's getting a lot of press for being pretty good.
1: Yes, which brings me to the next question I had: Who will score <laughs> more points? Fiat or Verstappen?
0: Kvyat or Verstappen? Yeah, Kvyat.
1: I think Verstappen. I think Max. Is... You really don't like Kvyat, is what you're telling me. I don't.
0: Me. I don't understand what your problem is with this poor
1: boy. I I just don't think. I, I think there are better drivers, and I think. As much as I get Red Bull coming out and saying we are committed to our driver program, we're committed to the development program, and I get the desire to bring up somebody from Toro Rosso, I don't think he was the right choice. And my next question becomes, Okay, so what happens if Kvyat struggles and Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen aren't all that wonderful in Red Bull? Well, now what? Or, or in Toro Rosso, what do they do? You going to keep Kvyat running around and and struggling for another year? You are going to bring up one of these these two guys from Toro Rosso who aren't necessarily performing well. I, I, I get the desire to to want to come up through your development system. I don't think this was the right choice. I don't. I think they should have gone with Fern. I think
0: the bearded leader knows more than you do.
1: He probably – well, I know without a doubt he's got more information than I do. But that doesn't mean I agree with him right now.
0: (laughs) I can't wait for that first race.
1: Okay. So moving down the grid a bit, who do you think will be higher in the Constructors' Championship? Force India, Sauber, or McLaren?
0: Uh, McLaren.
1: McLaren, huh? When do you think they're going to wake up? By spa. You think by spa? I am actually, based on what we saw in testing, I think Sauber is going to be up there.
0: I think Sauber is going to surprise us. I really do. But I don't think that they are, are – I don't think they're ready for prime time just yet. Okay. Not the least of which is I think they're distracted by their current lawsuit.
1: I don't know how distracted they are. But, yeah, that's possible. That could take a toll. Okay. Well, next question. Okay. Will Manor Marusha make it to every race this year? Yes. I'm saying no. The only reason why I'm saying no is because Bernie left them out of the deal. That we know of, Bernie left them out of the deal. I want them to succeed. I think they should. The other thing is the guy who's, who's backing him right now is doing it out of his own personal money. I don't know if he's as deep-pocketed as, say, Vijay Malia.
0: He may not be as deep-pocketed as Vijay Malia, but I I think that because he's backing them out of his personal money right now, that they'll make it to every race.
1: Okay. Um, Will Force India or Salber survive this season? Salber will. What about Force India?
0: My Magic 8 Ball says the results are unclear. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I have this sneaking feeling, and I can't shake it, that Force India will implode on itself. That it will not be because of, you know, Bernie not cutting them a deal. It will be like, despite all of everyone's best efforts, that they will implode.
1: Well, I I think because a lot of it they've been relying on Vijay Malia's fortune. And Vijay Malia's fortune... Um, has been, a special way to put it, is scrutinized closely by the Indian government, Mm -hmm. um, including assets that were seized this past year. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I think that they will make it through the season. I don't think Force India is going to make it too far past the season. I think they're coming close to a day of reckoning. I just don't know if it's going to happen during the season. Mm -hmm. Okay, so my last one and this is the one you do know is coming, mm-hmm. is what big story do you think there is going to be this year? One thing that you think is going to be a big thing that's going to happen this year.
0: I think Honda's going to get a second team. Okay. I think it's going to come out that they're going to realize that they need a second, uh, a second team to help develop the engine. Um, I think that because we already hear stirrings of making the path easier for development teams, that Honda is going to seize on that and figure out a way that they can get a second engine on
1: the well, on the, it, on the a grid, the second team. In, okay. I think that come silly season, Daniel Kvyat's seat is not going to be safe. <laughs> And I think that's going to be the focus for at least several weeks, as to whether or not they sign Daniel Kafiat.
0: You think that's going to be a big, an actually big story? I mean, how dull does the season have to get that that qualifies silly
1: season?
0: But it's silly season. I, I no. I I, I don't even think that story ranks as, quote, big, even if it was going to happen.
1: Okay. Then it's going to be a um, slap fight between Red Bull and (laughs) Renault with one of them going, okay, that's it. I'm done with you.
0: Uh I think that would be a very interesting thing. Renault – Red Bull go with a different engine. Renault has um, mutterings of fielding a works car.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I believe it was the Lotus that was originally has its roots in the last factory team.
0: Yeah, so it would be very interesting. So, I don't know.
1: So yeah, that's, that, that was my, my list there. We will save that in the cloud.
0: In the cloud?
1: But we will save that and we will revisit that towards the end of the season and see uh, who was right, who was wrong. Or just look back and go, wow, we were just way out of
0: it. (laughs) You know, in all of our years of podcasting fabulousness, we have made predictions every single year. Yeah. And every single year we've been nowhere That's
1: not true. The first year we did predictions, and this was all the way back on the Mail Buoy podcast when we were talking about cruise line industry trends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the first prediction I had was that Disney was going to announce new ships. And they did. They sure did that year. Mm -hmm. And even better was when you spoke to our Disney rep and interviewed her for the podcast. She wouldn't commit, and two weeks later they made the announcement. Yep. That may have been the only time we were close to right, but (laughs) (laughs) just saying.
0: There was that one time in 2005.
1: (laughs) But, you know, the reality is that all we really want this season is much like we had in several races last year. We want some good racing. We want some good action. We want moments like this. We go on to the final lap, and Rosberg's gonna try and get past his teammate. Down into turn two, round the outside. This is where we saw Ricardo, but no, Hamilton squeezes him out. He says you're not coming through on this last lap."
0: A little racing driver, slapped slap to the face there from Hamilton once again on Rosberg.
1: That's what we want.
0: I want good wheel to wheel action. I really do. But you know what I'm really excited about for this year? If 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 you had asked me the question I kind of hoped you'd asked was what was i excited about this year what what change what difference what thing is i have the sneaking feeling that we're not just going to have a race for number one number two but we're going to have a race all the way through the field and yes i don't think force india is going to be racing mercedes i don't i mean that would be crazy talk but I think that there there is not a position on that field that is guaranteed to anybody.
1: I think at the very least the first two rows of the grid – actually, I don't want to say the first two rows. The second, third, and fourth rows of the grid, there's going to be competition for <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I think that we have the potential of seeing matchups of okay, we're gonna have within Mercedes, we're gonna have the Rosberg Hamilton mm-hmm. matchup. We are gonna have a three way fight for three two, three, and four. We're gonna have a Ferrari Red Bull Williams fight to the finish. We're gonna have a Sauber Um Force India fight, and if Manor Marusha can get, you know, some gumption, maybe they'll be up in there.
1: No, I, I I I don't see manner doing and, and anything it won't of be.
0: but it'll be very interesting to see how far back in the grid we could have some decent racing. And yeah, yeah we may not see a Jensen Ham- Hamilton wheel-to-wheel action which by the way they do very, very wheel-to-wheel very well.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um we may not see that this year because McLaren's not competitive with that. But I think that we will see Racing at all levels on the grid in all races. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And I don't think we'll see it in all races because you never do. But I think we will see a lot more closer races and even the ones that people complain that they're processional and they're just lining up and running around. I I think folks are going to be a lot closer to each other. In... You know, behind first and second.
0: Right. But, but I think that we'll have a good battle in first and second. Yeah. That, yeah, it's still within the team. But I think that that will lead to having battles for the grid.
1: <sighs> and the reality is one of the reasons why Bahrain was so great last year for a race that is typically known as a boring race wasn't so much the fact that Lewis and, and and Nico had that battle up front and that was a great battle but it was also the fact that the Williams were were dicing it up behind them the Ferraris were dicing it up well a Ferrari, and a Red Bull were dicing it up. Mm-hmm. But there was other action going on up and down the grid, and it wasn't just up at the front. And that's what made that so great. And that's what I think we're going to see more of this year.
0: And that's, that's what I'm excited about. And only six days until for practice one.
1: Yep. So uh, with that, remember the website, www.theblokeandabird.com, which I did a, a little bit of a commentary over in a blog. Actually, I think I aired a little frustration <laughs> over Red Bull's bearded leader and his remarks to the press. Um,
0: I'm actually surprised that you didn't pull a whole big John Stewart. Um, you know comparison you know how John Stewart he'll he'll air the the statements of today and then we suddenly go back six years I, I definitely and could have we done that. people do the flip-flop yeah and truly I think that you could have done that with the commentary from Christian Horner I could have
1: beard. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised that Ferrari hasn't chimed in on this uh, but this was basically Christian Horner complaining over the fact that Mercedes dominance over a year um <laughs> That their dominance is driving fans away, and it's making the sport boring, you know, coming from the team that won four straight. And
0: four straight with one driver. Yeah. I mean, they weren't having wheel-to-wheel action. And Weber, a great driver, and nothing against Weber. I like the man a lot. But he wasn't challenging Vettel for that first and second.
1: The last couple of years, he he wasn't. The first two years, he was and, and the first year that Seb won his championship, it looked like Weber was going to win the championship. It came down to the last race. Mm. So, yeah. Um, but kind of ballsy to turn around and complain that Mercedes is making it boring. Wow. But uh, go ahead and check that out. Um other than that, you know, we're over on Facebook. Like us over on uh, in iTunes and get a review up on there. We've got none right now. We need a couple of reviews. Um, tell your friends, tell your family, all that stuff.
0: Find all the Formula One people that you know and share.
1: And one day, maybe we'll even resolve our differences with Stitcher and get up on there too. <laughs> but Stitcher's
0: uh, not that into you, huh? <laughs>
1: until then, or at least until next week, uh, I guess we'll call this a show.